Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, you're good to me. Lord, you are kind. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you are high and mighty. You are the Alpha and Omega. And you're my father. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Some of y'all said son and daughter. You got you to choose one. Yes, Lord, we bless you. You're the one true living God. There is no other. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can be seated. Blake, Ashley, Phil, amazing job. Y'all give them a hand. Um, got lots of fun stuff the Lord's up to today. Uh, first thing I want to do is we I want to pray for uh, Allison Jones's sorority's having a function here later this week. We just want to pray that people have encounters with Jesus, whether they're looking for him or not. And so, Father, we pray over Livewire, just be saturated with your presence, that there'd be radical love encounters with Jesus as this sorority comes to meet and do whatever they're going to do. But Jesus, you, you like parties. You like being with people. You like coming and seeking and saving the lost and those who aren't even looking for you but in their hearts that they were longing for you. They knew that you were the answer. So, Lord, we just we pray that right now. And uh, we want Rachel Ward's mother had a heart attack earlier this morning, had surgery. We're going to pray for, for Rachel and their family. Father, we declare full restoration and healing over Rachel's mom right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that her heart will be stronger than before. Lord, we ask for that you, you do a, just a creative miracle in her and that you, you just give her a new heart, Father, literally a new heart in Jesus' name. We thank you for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you that you cause all things to work for the good of those who love you. Father, we just declare that there is uh, even reconciliation and salvations in Rachel's family as a result of this. In the name of Jesus, we declare that there is a divine backfire on the enemy. In Jesus' name. All right, and then we'll pray for Kimberly. Kimberly has had some issues. She was in the hospital a couple weeks ago and then over this weekend. And um, you want to tell us your full story? Um, so I was diagnosed in 2011 with sarcoidosis, which is an autoimmune disorder um, that basically attacks your the healthy tissue and organ in your body. I was diagnosed with it in my eyes. Some of you know when I first got here, I couldn't drive. I was legally blind. And a few weeks ago, um, Monday the 6th or 7th, I felt numbness and tingling down the right side of my body, and I was kind of paralyzed. I went in, and um, they thought I had a stroke, but it turns out that there were a couple of lesions on my brain, and they believe it was a sarcoidosis um, occurring in my brain. And um, The same thing happened Thursday, and um, they did another MRI scan, and it's grown. Um, so I have you know, one right here. They want to do a brain biopsy, and I was like, y'all ain't cutting in my brain. So um, I'm on a pretty high dose of steroids right now, and that's supposed to get everything under control. So, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Um, but the Lord is good, and I've got a lot of good people behind me and great doctors. And I have no insurance, so praise, praise Jesus for free medical care. Stand up here. We're going to pray for you. 
Just extend your hands to Kimberly. Lord, we just, in the name of Jesus, break the spirit of infirmity right now that's coming at her with this disease. Father, and we just forbid lesions on her brain. We forbid lesions on her spine, on any part of her nervous system, any part of her body right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to the lesions, any lesions that are currently right here on her brain, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus right now. I command the tissue to be restored. I command all of her, her, body, her health functions to be restored fully 100% in the name of Jesus. There will be no more paralysis. Father, there will be no more of these attacks, no more of these episodes. And Father, next time she gets an MRI, Lord, we declare just a clean, healthy bill of health in the name of Jesus. They won't be able to find the lesions anywhere in her body. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Good worship service when you lose half your voice. <clears throat> so I want to do uh, just some prophetic ministry. And the first thing I want to do is some, we call it popcorn prophecy here at The Awakening. And uh, how many of y'all know what popcorn prophecy is? I know we got some some uh, first-timers for the Popcorn Prophecy. So basically what Popcorn Prophecy is, we bring somebody up here, and everybody gets involved in this. And so as you, as you uh, the Lord's going to bring a good word to mind that's going to be like an identity word over that person. So if I brought my wife up here, you know, my first word would be lover, lioness, uh, pursuer, problem solver, all these kinds of things that are not only true of her, but I've seen her walk out. But so you, you yell out like these one or two word phrases that the, the Holy Spirit shows you. So it's anything, if it's a good word, shout it out. Don't, it's God works, he speaks that way. He speaks, that's why we have the mind of Christ is because some, we have Christ thoughts, right? And so that's a lot of the way God speaks to us. So um, I wanted to bring... Um, and if you don't, if you don't want to come up here, it's totally fine. But if you do, I highly, rec I highly recommend it. Okay, so just, so prophecy is giving people encouragement from heaven. So if you get a word that's not positive, then you can just keep that to yourself. Or, <laughs> because God doesn't say mean things to us. I mean, he really doesn't. So nowhere in the Bible. Sometimes he corrected people, but he even was kind. Plus, you're not actually God. So, we just want to be clear on that anyway. So, yes, it's like one or two words, not like paragraphs, but it's encouraging stuff. And we stay away from babies and relationships. Just saying, because we have, we have a lot of new people here. No, would you say, Casey? <laughs> Mates, dates, and babies. I like it. None of that. Because, I mean, you know, it just gets too complicated. So, I just want to throw that out there because we have a lot of new people. We haven't taught on prophecy in a long time. That's really the basics you hear from heaven. Give your encouragement away. It'll be amazing. Yes, God doesn't say you're a loser. <laughs> you're never going to amount to anything or anything like that. All right, so, uh, but he does correct you. I've, I'm going to share about him rebuking me a couple, a couple weeks ago. It's an awesome story. I love it. All right. Um, Sir, I, I've got one person in mind, my brother in the beard in the back corner. 
Yeah, you man. Come on up here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is Sam, right? All right. So if you're a veteran of Popcorn Prophecy, lead the way, and then you'll catch on. So I'm, as you shout it out, I'm going to repeat it in the microphone. What are some of the things the Holy Spirit's saying about Sam right now? One or two words. Gentle warrior. Steadfast. Another warrior. Harmonizer. What was over here? Courageous. Stable. Peace bringer. Pillar. Armored. Evangelist. Patient. Brother. The king's man. I like that. Protector. Honorable and loyal. Faithful flame. Sharp sword. Teacher, delightful, steadfast warrior, kind, diligent, sensitive, tender, constant confidence, peace bringer, seeks truth, humble. What's that, darling? Seeks truth for other people. Where other people are afraid to look. That's good. Favor, let's get a few more. Eyes like doves. Pursuer. Trustworthy. Lighthouse. Worthy. Wise. Two more. Peter. Tommy. Fearless. Strong foundation. All right. Loyal. They keep, they keep coming. Say, say what? Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're popcorn prophesying the whole congregation. That's good. Um, and dove's eyes means you keep singular, singular focus. I don't know if you know that or not. Any, one more. Stands tall. All right. Extend your hands to Sam. Father, we bless Sam in the name of Jesus. I pray all these words spoken will sink into his spirit, man, and he will carry them as, as your identity, his identity in Jesus Christ, that he would truly be hidden in Jesus, for he has died and his life is now hidden with Christ in God. So, Father, I pray that, these, these, that you would bring to remembrance these words and that there would be an extra pep in his step and an extra confidence in God. After this, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. All right. I had uh, one perfect word. I know you got some words. And then, uh, so, and then wifey's always going to bring a word. It's, it's good. It's always good. Um, darling, what's your name? And Allison? Alyssa. Okay. Alyssa, I saw you as a Hannah and a Anna. All right. So Hannah was Samuel's mother. And it was, it said in that day, the voice of the Lord was rare. And she prayed for us. She was barren. And she prayed for a son. And I feel like you're not, I don't, I'm not saying you're going to be barren like Hannah. But what I'm saying is you give, you're going to give birth to a voice in the spirit. So like you're an intercessor. This is what I'm saying. So Anna was in the New Testament. And she spent all of her days in the temple worshiping 
and praising. She saw Jesus as a, she had spent all of her life praying in the Messiah, so to speak, and she got to see the fruit of her prayers. And so there is a prophetic nature about you, and there's also like an intercessor call, which is a lot of it is just rooted in your worship of the Lord. And so as you, you're a worshiper first, and that's why God speaks to you, and he's, he gives you things, and he would just want you to know as you, as you are, even by yourself, at home, wherever you are, that your powers, you know, I mean, your prayers are powerful. He doesn't want you to negate that. He wants you to know your prayers are powerful because you're hearing what he's saying, and when you agree with him, things happen. And so he bless you with that. Hannah and Anna, you can read about them for yourself. All right, Stuart, why don't you come on up, man? Um, so I have a word for um, your fiance, I think. Yes. Can you tell me your name? Audrey. Um, so I saw you came in, and I didn't even notice that you were his uh, fiance until I looked back later. Um, but I just saw you, and I immediately got the word flower. And um, typically when you get words, you just ask the Lord to, you know, give you some more. So then I got daffodil, and I was like, okay, Lord, what does that mean? So I had to look it up. Um, so daffodils at one point were basically forgotten. I mean, they were like weeds, okay? And then some part in history somewhere everybody decided that daffodils were amazing. And during the American expansion west, um, they were like the must-have in the garden. Like you did, not ex- you did not take any other flower but the daffodil. It was like the one that you took. And so I started looking up you know, some more characteristics about daffodils. But God said that you're a must-have in his garden. Like he's like, I have to have you in my garden. And one of the reasons that uh, daffodils are a must-have and why God wants you in his garden is because most of you have probably seen that daffodils come up first in the spring. They're always the one that come up and they bloom first. And so and, and it's, they respond at the first warm temperature. When it just feels good, they just, bam, then they respond and they, and they make that flower. And so after a long winter, people are always looking forward to the spring and the first temperatures that builds hope and excitement for spring. And so God told me that you are like a daffodil and you bloom at the first sign of hope. You're a must-have in the kingdom because you're a person that is so optimistic and the first sign of breakthrough, you bear fruit with encouragement like the daffodils in the spring. And you are the first to show beauty in life even when the breakthrough has not fully come. So, you're a must-have in the kingdom of God. What's your name? Again, Audrey. I feel like um, that's such a good word for you and that the enemy, like, has tried to steal that from you. And so, this morning, it's like the Lord's taking it back. And you fought for it, and so way to go. So, Lord, I just thank you for Audrey. And sorry, it's just not sticking, but it will now. So, thank you, Lord. For the way that you fought for Audrey, thank you for the way that you have made her a pillar of hope for the body. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your joy over her. We just bless, we just bless the hope and the peace that oozes from her, Lord. Thank you for giving her to the body of Christ. Yeah, we need you. Break off any lies that the enemy 
has tried to steal, where he's trying to steal this hope. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's good. So when uh, when your friend and your leader asks you before church to, you know, if you get any words, let him know. We have a lot of people in, in this house who I really trust. They hear from the Lord. And so if sometimes something comes up, I'm like, oh, I'll just hold on to it. Maybe I'll see him later. But I got two words this morning. And only two people were highlighted, and they were Sam and Audrey. And so I can't make that up. So I was actually not going to get up, um, but now I am. So <laughs> first, Sam, if you'll stand up. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I really heard the word Peter, uh, and it was really funny because it's, um, it's something that, it's a word over my life, uh, and so naturally I was just like taking that back to the Lord and just asking him what did he mean by that. Specifically for you, I feel like, uh, you have a Peter anointing on your life, meaning, um, for what the Lord was drawing out was you have grace on your life to lead other leaders in the body of Christ. There's a grace on your life to lead leaders in the body of Christ. A good friend of mine told me two weeks ago, he said, listen, man, the sons of God, all the earth is yearning for them to be revealed. He says they have to be hidden so they can be revealed. And so I just bless the season, whether you're in it or were in it or anything. I feel like if you take this to the Lord, he'll talk to you about it. The season of hiddenness, the season of of not being on platform, the season of not being in forefront, the season of not being in direct frontal leadership, because it's where God is forging the character to steward the calling that you have on your life. Bless you. Hey, friend. (laughs) This is so funny. I, uh, anyways, um, I really, I, uh, I feel like the Lord obviously is highlighting you this morning, just wants to love on you because I, you're the only two people that came to mind, and here we are, the third person sharing this. But I just really saw, uh, I really agree and affirm uh, with Stuart's word. Um, I felt like I saw this, uh, a spring happening. So I, I saw it less in the form of a season, but I saw you being in one place and then abounding out. Um, and I really, really felt like God was saying that your testimony is very powerful. What God has done in your life is a very powerful thing. It is a very strong testimony, and you should walk in confidence with that and share that with boldness because your testimony will bring freedom to other people. It will bring hope to other people. And that spring that God is doing in you and bringing you forth and having breakthrough for you and taking you from one place to another, you will give that away. You will give that away to people. Really, really trust and believe and have confidence and boldness in what God is doing in your life and the testimony there, because that's going to be a key that unlocks freedom for other people. And I really, really agree with everything Stuart said. Amen. I, so I also have a word, um, actually for Toddy. And um, basically, it's from Genesis. This verse. Um, the same night he arose, it's talking about Jacob, and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. 
When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, I don't know why I'm Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. And I just, um, I just felt like, um, as I was coming to church today, God told me he was going to give me a word for somebody, and I didn't know what that was. And um, I felt like, as we were worshiping, and I just asked the Lord, like, okay, like, who is it? I just felt like he showed me that picture of, like, Jacob wrestling with that angel, or some people say wrestling with God. And I just felt like he was saying that that was Toddy. And I just felt, I just really feel like um, God's, like, really um, strengthening your grip right now. And that as you're fighting, that, like, this fire is, like, growing with you where you're, like, I am not, I'm not, like, I don't care what, if the sun is rising and, like, you're telling me it's time to stop wrestling, like, I'm not stopping until you bless me. And so I just feel like that is, um, that's, there's just, like, this strengthening that's happening. And you're, um, I just feel like your relationship with God, too, in the way that you're just um, steadfast and being, like, you're going to, like, you're going to bless me because I know who you are and I know who I am and I know I'm not going to give up. And so I just encourage you that, like, it's really worth it. And it's going to be something where, like, that place, Peniel, it, like, stood for something. It was, like, it was, like, a place that stood for a testimony. And I just feel like this time in your life, there are going to be, like, literal things that come from it as well as blessings in your life that come from it that you're going to, like, look back and you're going to be, like, this thing, whatever it might be. Like, there's just going to be so much fruit that is just going to be, um, I don't know, like almost how, you know, people in the Old Testament, they would like make these like little monuments. And it was like this thing happened here. And I don't know exactly what that means like in today's time, but I feel like there's something that like for this thing that you're overcoming, this thing that like God's going to bless you, there's going to be some like literal thing that's like stands for this monument of like God blessing you. And like we're all going to know, we're all going to know what that stands for, and it's going to, like, encourage us forever. So. Amen. Amen. All right. I did. I'm, I'm so on top of it. Honeydew list already done. All right. Um, I want to have just to <clears throat> share a few testimonies. Um, Casey, one of the things about testimony is it's uh in revelation it says the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy and so basically whenever we tell a we share a testimony you're asking it's declaring god do it again so after we share the any testimonies i'd like for us to have us all yell do it again lord we used, we've done this before but when i say 
all the people said, they want to say, do it again, Lord. All right, it's not amen. It's do it again, Lord, all right? All right, Casey, come on up. All right, so I work in transport at St. Mary's Hospital, and um, I was transporting a patient down to get an endoscopy done. And this was a sweet little old Baptist lady, and I know she was Baptist because she was proud about it, and she was telling me that she's Baptist. <laughs> but um, anyways, she was beating herself up and was like, you know, I think this or, you know, and, I, and sometimes I say things, but if I don't say things, and sometimes I'm good, but then God's mad at me because I even thought it. I just said, we have the mind of Christ. So you actually don't think that way. Sometimes those thoughts are not yours. And so I was just encouraging her, and then I started speaking identity scriptures over her. And she's like, well, you must be Baptist because <laughs> you know your scripture. Um, I was like, well, I was raised it, but I'm not so much anymore. <laughs> um, but anyway, she was really encouraged, and um, I felt the liberty to pray for her, to pray for healing over her body. And so when she laid on the stretcher, before she went back for a test, I prayed for her, and she said, Oh, my, I feel something. Your hand's really hot. What is this? Is this God? And so she got really blessed. I don't know if she was healed in that process, but she encountered the Lord. Because in that moment, I stepped out of my fear of praying for deeply rooted Baptist folks and saying, It is okay. Like, <laughs> you know, so um, it was good. It was really good. And she blessed, and she felt loved, and... Um, yeah, and then she started ranting about Holcomb Standard Version Bible, and I'm like, you know, this is great, whatever. <laughs> so. That's awesome. All God's people said, do it again, Lord. All right. That was good. That was good, guys. All right, Katie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us something good. I know about what was the recent book thing that happened? You can tell us about that. Yeah, just... Didn't expect this, but I love when it happens. Um, just as an encouraging word, y'all, a lot of y'all have met Coach Mike, um, who got fired basically for sharing the gospel. Well, the kids now, when he doesn't send the text messages out, um, he sends out daily scripture to the kids. And it's really fun because I know when it's happening because all of a sudden it's like ding, 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 ding all around the room and they start <laughs> taking out their phone. And it's just so cool because now they're hungry for it. Um, and so they'll, the other day, my, one of my students, Sylvan, was like, oh, Miss Johnson, I haven't got that Bible verse yet. I was like, Coach Mike, we need it today. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Monday, so, and so Coach Mike, he, like, really gets with God and asks. Like, it's crazy even for me because I'm with the kids now, and it's like, boom. Like, you can tell he prays about what he should send out. So I just want to say that the hunger for the word is growing, like, in such a mighty way. So pray for Coach Mike. I think he has a job now at Clark Central which is a huge praise, and he's like, the football coach over there doesn't matter. He lets me send out scripture. Um, so um, <clears throat> just be praying for him because the hunger for the word is so real, and he hasn't stopped. So um, just continue to keep him in your prayers. That's so good. That's, I want us to, when we say do it again, we're going to ask for God to raise up a thousand coach mics because <laughs> that's what we need. He can't do it by himself. We need we need a thousand more Coach Mikes. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Do it again, Lord. And we're gonna pray. Cedar Shoals and Coach Mike. Father, we, we thank you for Cedar Shoals. We thank you for for Clark Central, Father. And Lord, we just declare that your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we declare that salvation comes to these schools. Lord, that prosperity of soul and of mind, of body, comes in Jesus' name. Father, that they have the mind of Christ. Lord, do a divine reversal, a divine reversal. Change culture, Father, to where they, they learn to love, they learn to honor, they learn to revere and, and, and fear the Lord. Father, I pray for every, every teacher there that calls upon the name of Jesus, that you would anoint them afresh, that you would baptize them in your spirit and with fire. Father, I pray for teachers that do not know Jesus, that they would see Jesus and that they would respond appropriately, which is bowing and saying, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. So Jesus, reveal yourself in the school systems. Clark Middle, Hillsman, Bernie Harris, Coyle Middle School, all the elementary schools, Lord, just all the schools in Clark County. We just declare a great revival, a great pouring out of your spirit, Father, that no man can contain, that no firing can contain. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, um, it's been a while since I've gotten to preach to you guys. I've been preaching, but uh, been in various spots around the world, which is pretty fun. Uh, I was in Pennsylvania yesterday. Had a men's breakfast, and uh, we had a, normally you have, it's all believers and guys that are actually pretty dedicated because they getting up early on Saturday morning is not what everybody wants to do, you know, so, but we did have a, we had some men get healed yesterday physically, and we had um, one guy, his, his arm got healed, he couldn't lift his elbow up, the Lord healed him, we had one man get saved. And then we had, yeah, come on, say, say, do it again. Amen. And uh, so it was, it was awesome, you know, and um, flew back yesterday afternoon. And it's the church, it's that Katie grew up in. It's called The Crossing. It's up in Washington's Crossing, Pennsylvania. It's called Washington's Crossing because George Washington crossed there uh, over the Delaware River. It's pretty cool. And... Uh, so Katie's dad, Randall, when Katie and Judge got married, I did their wedding, and one of Randall's best friends, a guy named Mike Hutchison, was at the wedding, and we talked at the reception. He invited me last year up to the men's breakfast, and, uh, and then I went up there last year, and they invited me back, and so that's kind of how I got connected with this church up in, up in Pennsylvania. And then... Uh, March 1st through the 6th, I, I went to Argentina with uh, Chris Overstreet and Supreza Satole. <clears throat> and um, Chris had come to Athens back in January, and he was being hosted by Athens Link. And uh, just in talking with him, he had invited me, he invited me on this trip to Argentina. And Jessica and I were praying about it, wasn't real sure, and then I was, they sent me the itinerary, and it said, morning session, Pastor Supreza. And I, I went, how many of y'all know Supreza? How many, when he was here? All right, this guy's amazing. Jesse needs to send him like a bottle of wine or something because he's part of, maybe part of the reason, you know, 
God's the reason, but God used him to get, bring grace to you, you know, so that's a whole nother story. Actually, that's, I did that this weekend, so I'm, I'm backtracking. I did. So, Sapraza, this is a fun story. He and his wife, he says, God has given us, me and my wife, very special anointing. He said, we pray uh, for Adam asleep and Eve to be formed. And we pray, Adam, wake up. Eve, be formed. He's Mozambican, and uh, he's this small man with this gravelly, deep voice, you know. So, um, and so when he was here back in October of 2015, he was saying when he prays for people, they, they find their spouse within a year. Now, this offends some people, and it's okay. And, but uh, God does do stuff like that. And um, so anyways, he invited all the women up. To, and they were going to pray this prayer to wake up Adam. Because what happened, Eve was formed out of Adam when he was asleep, right? So this, is, this was the basis of the prayer. And, uh, but Jesse's like, I got faith for that. I'm coming up here. I remember Jesse standing up. He was doing this. That's where your relationship was born, Gracie, right there. It says. And... He's up there. He's like, just, yes, yes. And um, I just, I remember, I just, I just remember looking at Jesse. He's like, he's going to get it, man. Because he had the faith. I just, the faith was there. He was hungry, yeah. And um, so anyways, there was a couple of guys at the men's breakfast yesterday. One guy was 49 and never been married. Another guy was around that age and never been married. And they were, they tell, they're telling me this for whatever reason. And I just, in my spirit, I'm just like, I've got faith to believe you're going to meet your spouse in a year. Like, I've, I believe if I pray for you, that's going to happen. I've been around to praise it. Like, stuff gets on you. So it's like, <laughs> is it going to hurt anything? No. So, like, I prayed. I was, hey, Lord, send the spouse within a year and let it be. Let them be formed and wake them up to see, open their eyes, and let it be a beautiful, restful, non-striving thing. And so... Um, where they just, you know, sometimes you try to make it happen. It doesn't work out too well. But then the Lord does it, and it's, it's full of peace because that's, that's the way he does things. So um, anyways, I did that. Jessica, uh, she always gets half the story like two weeks later. So it's, bless her heart. She was asking me last night, so tell me more, tell me more. I'm like, I can't really think of anything else. And then now, I know, I said, but I can't. Life with an internal processor. So, uh, so I went to Argentina, and I saw praise on the itinerary, and it was kind of like Jessica and I both felt a yes. It's like, yeah, I need to, this is good. I need to get around both of these guys. And I had actually um, had had, I was praying with Steve Smith, who is over Athens Prayer Network, and I meet with him once a week. He just does an amazing job praying with pastors in the city and, and g- gathering people together for prayer. Um, and so he, he was praying, and he had this, before I went to Argentina, he had this picture of me being, I was yoked with an oxen, and then I was tethered by a, with a rope to a horse. 
And he says, I don't know what that means. And I said, I feel like the ox is Sapresa and I feel like the horse is Chris. Sapresa is a, is a father. And so when you get yoked with, a, when you're a young oxen, you get yoked with an old oxen. The old oxen teaches the young one how to do it. When you're tethered to a rope, that lead horse is just leading. It's not, it's not even concerned, but it's, you're getting around that horse. And you're, you're just being led. You're seeing what they're doing, and you're copying what they're doing. And so I felt like that was a picture of what, of how my relationship with these guys was, was going to be. And I just asked the Lord, I was like, God, you know, what are you doing on this trip? You know, because I don't have to go on this trip. It's not convenient for my family. It's not convenient for me. My other job, I don't get paid when I take time off. So, you know, it's like there's sacrifices involved. And, uh, and I just felt like I'd, I heard the Lord say, another man. Now, in, in uh, 1 Samuel, it talks about when Saul, Samuel the prophet told Saul, he said, you're going to be walking along and these prophets are going to come down from the mountain from worshiping. And when they, when they come into the presence the Spirit's going to fall on you, and you're going to prophesy. So sure enough, Saul's walking along. These prophets had just been up on the mountain worshiping God, and when they got, Saul got around the prophets, what did he end up doing? Prophesying, and the Spirit fell. And so this is part of why I have faith to pray for these guys for a spouse, is because I've been around the guy who prays for people to have a spouse. <laughs> It rubs off on you. You get in their presence. And that's part of why God brings people into your life. It's not, they may not have like a meat for coffee mentoring relationship with you, but they, they rub off on you. And so you've, it's, you've, Bill Johnson says, if you want to learn how to kill giants, get around giant killers. And so that was my attitude. I was like, Chris Overstreet is one year younger than me, but he's got a, a, a deeper history in evangelism than I do. And I want to I just want to get whatever I can get off of this guy. And so the, and Sapresa has only started like 10,000 churches. I mean, he hasn't really done anything. And so like, <laughs> so Sapresa, but Sapresa more than anything is, is a father. He's an apostle and that's what, like apostles are fathers. Families gather around gather around fathers and mothers. I don't, when I say fathers, it's not to diminish the role of a mother by any means. But um, and so that's why I went on this trip, and I didn't know what the Lord was going to do. And uh, prior to leaving for Argentina, I've had many words over my life about your, being an evangelist. And I fought with God for a lot of years. I've, I've, tried, I've had seasons where I'm like, okay, I'm going to accept it. I'm stepping into it. All right. And then I meet some resistance. I'm like, see, I told you, God. I told you. I'm not an evangelist. You made me an introvert. I like spending time by myself. This is not the characteristics of an evangelist. I could, I could just do yard work all day and be super happy. I could read a book, be super happy. I could just swim and play. You know, I just I enjoy taking it easy and having like my recharge my batteries and 
having some alone time and those, that kind of thing. So I just have been like, this is, I can't believe it because I, I, look at me. Look at me. And over the years, I mean, there was one time at Convergence where I, had, I was at another one of these things where I was just like, God, I've got to know if you've really called me to be an evangelist. And I'm at the altar and I'm kneeling. And I'm like, I've got to know. Please uh, confirm it. This guy taps me on the shoulder. He's like, uh, excuse me. Um, I, uh, I just got a scripture for you, and it, I, I heard how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Again, I go to a conference down in Houston, and uh, my feet have always been oversized for my height. I wear a 14. I should be like 6'5". My arms are the same way. I've got like a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six wingspan. But I'm 6'1". Yeah, so. Yeah, it's Travis Orangutan Gay. So it's like a... There's a picture of me when I was in ninth grade. My, brother, my oldest brother was getting married, and I was waiting for him to throw the garter like I was going to get married at ninth grade. But uh, I'm like this. But my, my hands are literally below my knees. And my brother, you know, we get the picture back. They're like, look at monkey boy. You know, so it's like. So I'm at a conference down in Houston, and this guy named Keith Miller is ministering, and I'm, he's praying for people, and a lot of people are falling out in the spirit, and I'm, I'm catching for him. I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm laying down. I don't know if you've ever been in any of those meetings, but this is what you're doing. He's, they run over places, and you're just following them, laying them down, grabbing the head, grabbing the head. And so you, and I'm like, I'm just like whew, getting a workout. And I look up, and he's staring straight at me. He goes, you're an evangelist. He goes, fire. And I went, I flew back. I literally could not. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that falls down. I don't do courtesy falls. And I fall down. And I'm, like, vibrating with, like, the fire of God. And he starts kicking my feet. And he does big feet, big feet, big feet. Fire in the feet. You're an evangelist. Big feet, big feet. You're an evangelist. You're a Southern Baptist, like James Robinson, like Billy Graham. You're going to be an evangelist, Southern Baptist. That was that. I was going to a Southern Baptist seminary. I don't mind claiming to be Southern Baptist. Just filled with the Spirit. So I've had these words, and then so I'm Chris Overstreet at Athens Link. I've had words before Jessica and I were getting married. I've, I've got words, people. <laughs> And I'm driving to one of the meetings with Chris Overstreet in January. And it was like I just laid it out to the Lord. I said, God, out of your kindness, you, I know you do not have to do this for me at all. You've given me so many words. But out of your kindness, I will not ask again if you've called me to be an evangelist. But out of your kindness... If I'm an evangelist, 
will you have Chris prophesy that I'm an evangelist? <laughs> so I go into the, the meeting, and then Chris start call, call, uh, he is calling out words of knowledge for healing. He's, he's like, left heel, and I've battled plantar fasciitis, and it's leaving. It's on its way out. And I go up there to pray for me. He prays for me for like five seconds, and then he starts prophesying over me. You're an evangelist. You're an evangelist. And I'm just like, ah. And it was, and then he invites me to Argentina. And I was like, God, it's over. Like, I know now. It really, it was like, it settled in my heart. It's like, I'm. I'm an, I'm, I may start a ministry called the introverted evangelist. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, but I was like, I am an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. I'm also obviously pastoring a church. You can do more than one thing, but I'm an evangelist. So I go to Argentina. And uh, Surpresa, it's, it's amazing. Both, the, both Surpresa and Chris are evangelists. Sapraza is both, he's an apostle and an evangelist. Chris is a straight-up evangelist, worker of miracles guy that 1 Corinthians talks about. And so I go to Argentina, and Chris, literally every third person he meets, he's like, Jesus loves you. Has anybody ever shared the gospel with you? Do you know what it means to be born again? And people are just, they're like, no, what, born again, spirit? Yes, Jesus, come. They get saved, and you're like, wow. And I'm just like, I mean, I can't even keep up with them. Okay, over here? Okay, let's go. Meanwhile, Sapraza, who's an evangelist, hasn't done one thing the whole trip. Sapraza, he's just watching Chris. He's like, ah, that's good. That is, that, that is good. Yes, Chris. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so I'm, I'm just like, I'm looking at these two guys. I'm like, which is it? Because I'm really good. I learned how to shoot basketball watching people. Nobody taught me. So I'm like, that guy makes a lot of baskets. I'm probably going to try to shoot like him. And so that's what I do. I'm like, he's really good at that. I'm going to try to copy that. But here's two guys who are really good at the same thing. And they're doing it totally different. So where, do I, where am I in the spectrum of Chris Overstreet and Sapraza Satola? And the, the truth is there is, there's no spectrum. <laughs> Chris is, a, he's, he's literally, we're driving in the car and he's yelling, Jesus te ama. And people are like, what? what? Jesus te ama. Jesus te ama. And he's yelling, Give your life to Jesus in Spanish out there. But he couldn't get it right. We were laughing because he just kept, and people were like, what? And he's just like, yes, yes. Man, I feel the gift of faith on me. Let's go. And he's just like, he's like, we got to do some open air preaching. We got to go. Take me. And our host, he's like, take me there. And uh, so praise is just like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that's so good, Chris. <laughs> and, then, and then 
Chris is like, so praise her, you, you going to join? What are you doing? He's like, I'm going back to the hotel. I, I thought you were an evangelist. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Trust me, he is an evangelist. And so we have the, the, the conference sessions are wild and crazy. Man, the worship was off the hook. It was the best worship I've ever experienced in Latin America. I've been to Nicaragua and Mexico, and this, it was like, wow, it was amazing. People were super hungry. There was a team from Bethel, Bethel students there. And um, I would, uh, during the ministry time, we, there was two other pastors besides myself and then like 20 Bethel students. And, and there, the Bethel students were attack dogs. They, they're just blitzkrieging people, and it, they're, pe- people are encountering the Lord like crazy, and they're, they're an awesome team. And I'm just, I just I sat back, and I'm just, Lord, show me, just show me who, am I, who do I need to go to. And I would come up to people, and, and I would just start hugging them. This is, this is what I do. And I just would start hugging them, and I'd say, as to bueno niño, you're a good boy. I, I probably murdered the Spanish, Gracie. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I would try. They got the they got the message, whatever it was. And sometimes I was just praying in English. You're a good boy. You're a good boy. They didn't understand me. I didn't have a translator. Sometimes. You're a good boy. <laughs> you are a good girl. Papa sees you. Papa sees you. Uh, you're good. He's proud of you. He loves you. Uh, and then I preached. Uh, so it was, I just enjoyed that. And I, it was, I may have had four to six people a night. And, um, but there's hundreds of people down front and they were crazy hungry. Another thing is when people are crazy hungry, it's crazy easy. Hunger is the number one ingredient for revival. Um, so then I went to preach at a Iglesia Baptista Hurlingham, which is Baptist Church of Hurlingham. And I just thought it was funny. He said, you sent a Baptist boy to a Baptist church in Argentina. I, I like you, Lord. And, uh, but they were hungry, too. They weren't, they weren't Georgia Baptist, you know, or traditional Baptist. And... Uh, freedom, and I, I shared on my testimony of how God set me free from uh, pornography, sexual immorality, and then I shared also my testimony of encountering the Father's love, and I told people, I said, you're going to experience this today. You will be baptized in the Father's love. And when I gave the invitation the whole church came down, and it was it was the most powerful time of ministry I've probably ever been a part of. God gave me a word of knowledge about some a barren womb, and there was this one girl who was had been praying. She was barren; she couldn't have kids. It was a young couple, and I told the husband, I said, "You're going to pray for your wife because you have authority over her body." Because that's my testimony. Jessica's uterus was in inverted before we were married we prayed over her uterus to be turned in the right position she went back to the doctor it was turned to the right position 
Josiah was breach before he was born. And I would speak to him. I said, son, this is your father. I have authority over you. Turn head down right now in the name of Jesus. Josiah went head down. Because you have to under, you have authority. As Corinthians says the, the husband has authority over the wife's body. The wife has authority over the husband's body. And I've got authority in the spirit over my children. And so you get, and so I wanted to empower that husband to pray for his wife. This, it doesn't take the man of God or anything like that. You have, the, you have the Holy Spirit and you have the authority. So he prayed for his wife. I had an 80-year-old man come up to me who got baptized in the Father's love. And I held him like he was my son. And, he, and I said, you're a good boy. God's seen you, your faithfulness all these years. And he just started just crying and melting. And there's something in, in each and every one of us that wants to know that our Father says, you're a good boy. You're a good girl. I used to tell Jessica, I said, on my tombstone, if it just says Travis Gay, a good man, I'll be satisfied. I've got my dreams a little higher now. Not that that's a bad thing, but that's really all I wanted. And the Lord's so kind because I had... A guy prophesied over me. He said, you're a Barnabas. And I looked up the scripture on Barnabas. It says, this was a man full of wisdom and the spirit, a good man. Who brought many into the kingdom. And so part of what my journey, the reason I'm sharing you my whole journey on this of kind of stepping into who God created me to be is in all of this after Chris prophesied over me. The Lord in his kindness, when he rebukes you, it makes you want to cuddle up in his arms. When it's shame, when it's condemnation, it makes you want to run. And it's not the voice of your father. It's the voice of the accuser. But when the Lord rebukes you, you want to kiss him. And I heard the Lord said, he said, Travis, don't believe you. Believe me. Don't believe you, believe me. And we talk about not believing the lie, believe the truth. But sometimes for all these years, I've been saying, God, look at me. Look at me. I'm introverted, and you made me this way. I, I don't, it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't like striking up conversations in the marketplace. I'd rather just grind and put my head down. But that's not what makes me actually come alive. Because as I've been stepping out, so recently I was at Memorial Park praying with Steve Smith a separate time, and these three black teenagers were walking by. And one of the, it was two men and a, uh, and a woman. And uh, one of uh, the, the boys, the Lord said, he's meant to preach the gospel. And I'm, me and Steve are leaving. I'm talking with Steve, and I says, in my mind, I'm like, they're walking away. They're walking away. And I'm like, uh-huh, Steve, I'm sorry. Yeah, Steve, I'm sorry. I got to go. And, and I said, I'll catch up with you. So I run half a lap around Memorial Park and catch them. I'm like, hey. Sorry. I'm breathing heavy. And, uh, 
I said, hey, y'all, as y'all are walking by, I said, God tells me good things about people. And I said, and you in particular, God says, you're meant to preach the gospel. And I said, you, and I, said I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. But he's, he doesn't want you to run away from the call. He wants you to embrace it. And I'm telling you, he's way better than you could ever imagine. He's way better. And I said, do you know Jesus? He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, I go to Brown's Chapel. Now, Brown's Chapel, my friend Ricky Smith pastors that church. I said, Ricky Smith? He went, yeah, Rick, Pastor Ricky, he's my, he's my pastor. I love Pastor Ricky. I said, that is highly unusual. And uh, so I called Ricky. I said, hey, man, I ran, uh, gave a word to this young man about preaching the gospel. His name, name was Maurice. Ricky starts crying on the phone. He said, he came with his friend Martavius two years ago, got saved, and me and my wife have always felt like there was something different about him. We felt like he was always meant to preach the gospel. We've been praying that he would preach the gospel. But it took, Steve, got to go. Running, half a lap. <laughs> there was another, and then um, I was at the gas pump the other day, and this girl was just emptying out the trash, and I called her name, and I said, Tiana, guess what? She said, what? I said, you're God's favorite. And she went, oh, that's so sweet. I said, do you know why you're God's favorite? She said, no. I said, well, he did the biggest favor in the world for you because he put his son, Jesus, in your place to die for your sins. That's the biggest favor anybody could ever ask. I said, but he not only did that, he wants to answer the, the longings and desires of your heart. I said, you tell him secret things, and he's going to answer them. So you're like, God, I really like blow pops. Blow pops may start showing up. Happened to Caitlin Lazowski. We have our friend Marcy Fish. She loves hearts. Everywhere she goes, she sees hearts. We have a friend that they, doms, they see doms everywhere. That's, God's, that's these God winks. God, God just saying, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. You're my girl. You're my boy. There's another girl at Earth Fair who every time I see her, I was like, you are a world changer. You're going to change the world. She's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And I just go in there, and I say, your name's Patricia. I was like, you're royalty. That's, that's what your name means. You're Patricia. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. God loves you. He loves you. Okay. And I'm just sowing seeds. She doesn't, she doesn't know. I'm just throwing glory seeds in her. She's just like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, dude. But glory seeds. She's going to, more light's going to start invading her life. But every time I see her, I just make sure I, I just brag on her. I was like, I love that hat that you're wearing. I don't do that. That's not Travis. That's Jesus. Because <laughs> Travis would be like, man, I'm good. Get me in my car. I'm ready to go home. And like, relax. Take it easy. And so I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 3. And I want to talk about believing 
Don't believe you. Believe God. Verse 12 of chapter 3. Well, prior to verse 12, it's saying, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. When they provoke me as in the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry, Josiah. Just let out a huge laugh. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So, this is, I want to, we're going to do some easy math, some algebra, because it involves words, I guess. I don't know about algebra, but it's unbelief equals unrest. Belief equals rest. Unbelief equals unrest. Belief equals rest. So guess what's happened to me? And Jessica may be able to testify. I haven't asked her about this. Since I've accepted I'm an evangelist, rest. I've been at more peace with myself than I ever have before because I'm believing God not believing me. Belief equals rest. And then verse 12, it says this. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any, any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Verse 13. But encourage one another day after day as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So it, I repented to God for sin, for not believing him. And I repented. I said, Lord, what I believed was ev evil. It's evil. <laughs> now, God, that's the beautiful thing about God is he's just not like, whoa, you're evil. I got to come over here. And he's, he's just like this. Don't believe you. Believe me. And, but I, I, the kindness of God brings you to repentance. So I had no problem saying what this was. It's like, God, I had an evil, unbelieving heart. Forgive me. Thank you for believing in me more than I believe in myself. And thank you for not letting up on the encouragement so my heart wasn't hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So that's why it's important that we, we prophesy we encourage one another, and we speak the truth. Because sometimes we're going to need it to hear it a hundred times. Because we're chipping away at strongholds. It says the word of God is like a, is, is like a hammer that breaks the rock. So when you encourage somebody, it's like, you do that really well, Stuart, man. You, like, do that with excellence. Who knows what effect that's having on Stuart? It's just chipping away, breaking. He's, he may think, man, I can't do anything well. Sarah Catherine, you're making an impact at the schools. Sarah Catherine may not, it may be hard for her to see that from day to day. And God's spoken over her is that you're going to be a deliverer in the school system. Yeah, amen. And so, but 
for every day, it's like, well, yesterday my class was totally out of control. No, don't believe you, believe God. And, and so it's, I want us this morning, I want you just to ask God, is there anything that I haven't believed that you've said about me? We're going to have a time of repentance. It's a good time. Because you're going to come into more peace when you really, really accept who God made you to be. It's peaceful. It's peace. But you have to say yes. And you have to really accept it in your heart. So I went, let's stand up. Blake, if you'll come back up here. So some of you, you may need to believe that you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Some of you may need to believe the words that God has repeated over and over to you. He says he confirms a word by two or three witnesses. So those, those words that keep coming up in your life, that's the Lord speaking to you. Right? You just, you need to repent. Say, God, I'm not going to believe me. <laughs> I'm going to believe you. Sometimes it's not even the devil. Sometimes it's just us. The devil, he'll just pile it on once we open that door to him. So what I want us to do is we're going to just worship a little bit. And now I want, I want us, this is going to, there's power in your confession. So if God reveals something to you, I want you to find something, or not something, I want you to find somebody to confess that to and repent. Say, I repent for not believing such and such about myself. Be specific. If God doesn't bring anything up to you, that's fine. We're not going to try to make something up. But if God is showing you something, you need, you need to repent because he wants, you, he wants you in that place of rest. It's unrestful to not believe God. Rest and peace is found in believing God. So we're just going to take some time as we worship the Holy Spirit just to reveal to you anything you, you need to repent of, to confess. And ask the Lord just to forgive you for having an unbelieving heart. There is no striving. There is no striving in your love. Freely you have given. Freely you have given to us. You have made us yours. 
keep worshiping but I want you to go if God revealed something to you if the Holy Spirit showed you something you need to confess and repent of I want you to find somebody in here that you feel good confessing to could be a stranger doesn't matter but but there's power in your confession and call it what it is to say I haven't believed this thing we're going to keep worshiping as you as you find somebody to com- to re- confess to. And like I said, don't try to make something up. Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if it needs to be revealed right now. But if he is showing you something, don't you need to act on it. Okay? So let's continue to worship and also this is the time to go find somebody, repent. And if you're if somebody is repenting to you, confessing to you, I want you just to pray for them and just declare forgiveness over them. Jesus said, if you forgive anyone their sins, they're forgiven. So you declare as like you are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Receive who you are. Receive who God's called you to be. All right, so let's continue to worship and go find somebody to pray with. You never asked that I earn your affection 
Cause I can never earn something that's free I never have to fight for your attention Because your eyes are ever upon me You never ask that I earn your affection Cause I can never earn something that's free I never have to fight for your attention Because your eyes are ever upon me There is no striving There is no striving in your love Freely In the land of the living, oh, I will see the 
Jesus, thank you for your nearness, God. Thank you for your presence. Jesus, we just exalt your name. We bless your name, Jesus. You guys, please feel free to continue in conversation, uh, in ministry to one another. Uh, just continue to let God do what he's doing in this space. Um, thank you, guys. Phil, Ashley, Blake, thanks for serving us this morning. You guys are free to um, leave or stay and continue to allow God. If you're in a moment in a space, please just stay in that space. I, uh, one of the worst, actually, testi best testimony of learning a lesson with God. Um, two years ago, no, four now, we were praying. People were praying for me and Matt Knox. So we just come back from Belize. And Blake was praying for me. And he started to have this crazy encounter with God. And I was like, hey, man, I got to stay up here and let people pray for me. Blake fell out and had a crazy 45-minute vision. I let people pray for me. If God's doing a thing, you don't have to stop it. Do the thing. Lunch or chairs or whatever else can happen. Stay in the space with God. Stay there. And thank you guys for serving us this morning.
And we'll see you guys next week.